Hey, we're just glad you're here. Um, this has been a series that we are in week number three of called Chasing God's Heart. And we've been praying over and preparing this series for a long time. And we say that sometimes, but really when we say, have said that in the past, that a long time for us is just like two or three weeks before we start um, because we change our series around so much to try to fit what we're going through, what we're dealing with, and what we need more currently. But this series we have been actually praying for and preparing since um, April, May, the last five or six months. Um, and when I uh, was on the treadmill at Planet Fitness, I was texting and running or jogging. And I sent Brad a message like, hey, what if we did four weeks on chasing God's heart? And I sent this whole paragraph and then I didn't get a response for a while. And so when I got off the treadmill, um, I had to check back to see what I said because you never know if, while you're breathing heavily and also running if you coherently sent a message. So um, anyway, Brad fell in love with the idea of this. And we've been praying for that message ever since. And what's so cool about this series is we believe that if we would have done this series when we originally planned it, which was to happen in June, um, it wouldn't have hit the same. Uh, I'm grateful that we are doing this series for such a time as this um, because it feels like we as a country— as a culture, as a church, um, big C church, universal church, are very divided. And so we've been spending a few weeks right now doing this series, walking through this series, of what does it look like for us as Christ followers, as the church, to chase God's heart for unity, as we talked about last week, and humility, as we talked about in week one. And if you've missed any of those messages, I want to highly encourage you to go back and listen because the way we have this series set up is each message does play off of each other and it prepares your heart for the next one. And so if this is your first time tuning in, that's a-okay. You're going to fit right in. But I highly encourage you to go back and listen either on our YouTube page, hashtag ad, or on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And just type in Crossbridge Community Church, and you'll be able to check out the sermons. Uh, last week, though, myself teaching on unity, we walked through the prayer where Jesus is right about to be arrested, and he decides to pray a very central message for his disciples, a prayer on unity, where he gathers his 12 disciples. He says, hey, may we be one as I am one with God. Then he prays for the entire church. He says, I'm not praying for the world right now because the world's not going to accept the church after I'm gone. In fact, it was Jesus' own people who killed him. And so Jesus says, hey, the rest of the world isn't going to accept me. So you need to be unified as one and understand that you are all on the same team. Recognizing that we're all in this together. And I think that message is so crucial for where we are today. And it leads perfectly into the message that we're going to be talking about today, which is chasing God's heart for racial reconciliation. Chasing God's heart for racial reconciliation. Now, I want to, um, I just want to point out the tension that may be in the room after I share the topic for today. I just want to point out that this might be a difficult topic to listen to, to hear, and mostly because we all do have preconceived notions about um, things that are going around and going on in the world that we exist in. And racism and racial reconciliation and justice are very difficult topics to learn about, 
to listen to and to hear. And then it's even very difficult for people who are living it um, each and every day who don't have the option whether or not they're going to learn or listen because they're a part of it. And so I just want to make known that tension. But I also want you to understand that it is as difficult of a topic to preach. And so what I would like us to do is I would like this to just be a community of grace where I give grace to you and you give grace to me and that we come together as one for a message that is of the Lord and rooted in scripture, challenging us to chase God's heart for racial reconciliation. You see, here's the reality. Some of you might think that I go too far today, okay? Some of you might hear something and be like, mm, I can't go that far. What I want to ask you to do, don't, and to quote a trigger word, don't cancel the entire message because you don't agree with one or two of the things. I think that sometimes the temptation is we see scholars or we see um, articles or we see educators or even pastors or theologians, we hear them say something that we don't agree with and we say, mm, all of their stuff is bad or all of their stuff is wrong. Okay, I want to encourage you, just because you agree with one thing or disagree with one thing doesn't mean that you have to accept or deny the whole message. Okay, that's kind of the beauty of the kingdom of God is we're looking to be a church of unity, not uniformity. Okay, we're looking to have diversity, to have um, difference in just how we do life, how we think things. We're all human. And so the way we navigate conversations is going to be different. So I want to invite you into this space that if you are struggling with the message today, just take a breath and recognize, okay, there might be more going on here. But then the flip side of that is also true. And you might not think I go far enough today. We're like, mm, Jordan, you really just kind of sugarcoated some things, okay? And the heart behind the message isn't to gr have groundbreaking material today. We're not going to talk about triggering things. We're not going to talk about movements and lifestyles and all those different things because this is just to break ground on a conversation that needs to be ever going, okay? It should not start and end today, okay? This should just be the, um, just kind of the conversation where we are looking to live on and on and on about what does it look like for us to chase God's heart for racial reconciliation. And here's why this is so important. Because we as Christ followers are declared and commanded and given the job to pursue a life of reconciliation. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you want to turn with me there. He's writing to the church in Corinth. And his first letter to the Corinthians, he's calling them out for their idolatry, for their sin, um, for the way that they were addicted to um, immoral things and whatnot. And so the second letter that we have record of, he actually is a little bit more encouraging. And in this ministry, or this chapter, he talks about the command for us to be reconcilers. This is what Paul says. Chapter 5, verse 18. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness 
of God. We are talking about this message today for a couple reasons. First, like I said, we are commanded to live a life of reconciliation. And in today's topic, for the case, a life of chasing God's heart for racial reconciliation. Because as we all know, there's a lot of tension and a lot of damage and a lot of brokenness from hundreds and hundreds of years of dealing with sin. And in today's message, dealing with racial sin. I mean, even since COVID-19, just to um, shed light to the uh, Asian American community, thousands and thousands of anti-Asian and um, of uh, racist acts have been reported against the Asian American community because of COVID-19 in just the last couple of years. One being from semi-professional basketball player Jeremy Lin, who said he was nicknamed coronavirus on the court within the last year. And so it's impossible to deny that racism still exists in our country. However, we're not going to spend time um, defining racism today. Part of that in lies the tension. And mostly because for our conversation today, we're not going to necessarily need to have an um, exceptional definition of it. We all have a general understanding of what racism looks like and what racial reconciliation looks like. But if you are interested in my personal definition, I'd love to have a conversation with you later on about it. But it is impossible to deny that in various instances that there is still racism that exists today or damage that has been done from the past. And so we are called, like Paul says, to the ministry of reconciling those relationships back to God and to recognizing the brokenness. That's the first reason why we're talking about this today. The second reason why we are talking about this today is because as Christ's ambassadors, like Paul shares— we have a duty to walk with those who are struggling and hurting. And so what you might be listening here, and you might be asking yourself, okay, Jordan, I get all that. Even if I don't agree all the way, I'm here, I'm listening. What do we do? How do we chase God's heart for racial reconciliation? And that's going to be the theme of the message today. We're going to provide a lot of practical next steps. But what we want to make very clear as Christ followers and as the church is the only way for us to reconcile is to live a life of biblical justice, okay? And that is what the entire message today is rooted in, and that is the heart of the message, is to chase God's heart for racial reconciliation through biblical justice. And here's how at Crossbridge we define biblical justice. Biblical justice loves mercy and walks humbly with God, Micah 6.8. Biblical justice fights for the oppressed as God fights for us, Exodus 14.14. 14. Biblical justice listens to those experiencing injustices, James 1.19. Biblical justice loves and pursues its neighbor, even if we don't agree with them, Matthew 25.40. Biblical justice serves one another, 1 Peter 4.10-11. through 11. Biblical justice recognizes that the more we learn, the more we may fail. Yet God still navigates us onward. Psalm 73, 26. Biblical justice extends grace to each other, Matthew 6, 14. Biblical justice pursues one another in harmony, Romans 12, 16. And biblical justice holds people accountable for their wrongdoings, Luke 17, 3. You see, it's impossible as you're reading throughout Scripture, all the way from Genesis to Revelation, it is impossible to miss that God is a God of justice. Right from the very beginning, in Genesis, in the first few chapters, when Adam and Eve are casted out of the garden, 
it is because of their wrongdoing. And because God is a God of justice, he says, hey, there are consequences for your action. Then just a couple chapters later in chapter four, when Cain kills Abel, God finds Cain and says, hey, your brother's blood cries to me from the ground. And then Cain gets the curse. And then you've got the Egyptians with enslaving the Israelites and God being a God of justice for the Israelites all throughout the Old Testament. And then you see Jesus who comes and walks with the least and the lost and the lonely and the forgotten because of the ministry of pursuing those who are hurting and struggling to reconcile them back to God. This is a God that we serve of truth, of grace, of love, and of justice. And it's so powerful when we begin to understand that. So I spent the first half of the message today just really kind of setting the stage for us saying this is why it's important. This is why if you are a Christ follower, you cannot sit on the sidelines for racial reconciliation. You might think, okay, well, I'm just not passionate about it, okay? Well, it is not an option to not be passionate about reconciliation. And not just for racism, but for human trafficking, for poverty, for all of the sin and the brokenness that we experience in the world, if we are Christ's church, then the matters, or sorry, then the, the hurting and the oppressed need to matter to us. And so here's what we are gonna do for the second half of the message. All I wanna walk through is I wanna give you three practical next steps for you and your individual life to take this journey seriously. For you to say, hey, what do I do? All of this topic is great. I understand it. I even agree that there's something that needs to be done. So what do I do? All I'm going to do for the next 15 minutes is we're going to walk through three L's. Okay, I like alliterations. And so three L's for you, for your family, any age, um, to be able to pursue and chase after God's heart for this reconciliation ministry. And so I want to pray before we transition into the second half of the message. Um, and then we're going to dive right in to see what God has in store for us. Heavenly Father, God, you're so good. And you're so God. And we're so grateful for you that you meet us in the middle of the tension, um, Lord. And that we are just thankful that you love us enough to walk with us and reconcile yourself back to us in the midst of our brokenness. We give you our hearts. We give you our, our message. And we love you so much. In your name I pray. Amen. The first L for today for chasing God's heart for racial reconciliation through biblical justice is learn. And it comes from James, or not James, <laughs> Proverbs uh, 1, 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. In other ways, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Let the wise hear and learn and listen. Later on in Proverbs, actually Proverbs chapter 4, James, this isn't on the screen. This is just a bonus verse for you. Verse 4, 7, Solomon, as he's writing Proverbs, he says, um, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. I think that's hilarious. It's like when Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Thanks, Paul. Like, that's the goal. Now, how do you do it? And, and Solomon says, the beginning to obtaining wisdom is this, get wisdom, but honestly, that's where it starts, is if you are someone who is learning and searching and craving something greater than yourself, then the beginning to that journey is to learn. And so with, when it comes to racial reconciliation, a lot of us, what happens is um, the number one source for our information is the media. And that's an issue. That is a problem. Because I've just got to be very bold about this. The media's goal today 
is not to inform. It might have been at one point, but its goal and mission today is to divide. And you might be thinking, well, yeah, it's the left side of the media or the right side of the media, and they're making things worse. And, and at the end of the day, it's even Christian media. And that's what's unfortunate, is because it's become all about getting clicks. And so what happens is we see headlines about different things that are going on around the world, um, different, uh, not just race, uh, racist situations, but um, really in politics, in the world, in the church, we see headlines, and that is the basis of our knowledge. And even if we were to read the articles, see, a lot of us just stop at the headlines, but even then if we read to read the articles, um, that then becomes our surface level of understanding. But when it comes to racial reconciliation, we can't have the media be our source of knowledge, like our, our singular source of knowledge. We have to go to books. We have to go to articles, to educators, to podcasts, to scholars, and study and understand the history of what's going on in our world. And here's one way of thinking about it, and this is why it's so important, okay? Um, do we have any mathematicians out here or engineers? Okay, none of you, all right. Okay, that's all right. Well, neither am I, so we're going to fit right in together, okay? Um, here's why this is important, okay? I need someone to confirm for me, though, that 2 plus 2 equals 4. All right, well, we're at least on the same page there. So 2 plus 2 equals 4. A lot of us, what happens is we see the end result or the outcome, the solution, 4 happening. And that 4 could be riots, protests, media posts, violence, anger, frustration. And what happens is we start judging 4 without first learning about the two plus two. You see, two plus two will always equal four. And so if we don't first recognize and understand and do the, and do the work of learning about how we got to where we are, then we will never understand why four is happening. But what media wants to do, and what a lot of individuals want to do when it comes to racism, is they want to start judging four. They want to start judging the violence and judging the protests and the riots and all of those things and taking stances and being firm without first learning about how we got to where we are. But then there's also beauty in math because two plus two alone isn't the only way to get four. You can have three plus one and four plus zero or 20 minus 16 if you want to get really interesting. And so the ways to learn are always growing. And that is why it is so important for us as Christ followers to say, hey, there might be more going on here than what meets the eye. And if we are going to be committed to the life of reconciliation, we need to do the work of learning about what is going on outside of Facebook. Because four is always going to be there as the end result if you take two plus two. But there might be a better way. And I believe biblical justice and racial reconciliation can lead to a better way. Last thing I want to say about learning is this. It is important to learn from the other side as much as it is to learn from your side, okay? A lot of times what we like to do is we like to just gain knowledge and learn from the things that we're most comfortable with, from the political side that we most appreciate. And when it comes to racial reconciliation, we have to get a knowledge of all that is going on. And sometimes that means listening and reading from the other side. In preparation for the message today, I read books and articles and listened to podcasts from both sides of the conversation. Because the heart is to be unified. The heart is not uniformity. 
to have the 100% same opinion on how the world's going to work. We're all human. That's not possible. Nor should it be craved. It is so beautiful to have a world of diverse nations and diverse understanding. That's what makes us unique and continues growth. And so if you are learning and you've only done the work on your side of the conversation, I want to encourage you as a Christ follower to learn from other sources as well. L number two, listen. James 1.19 says this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. This is something that I struggle with a lot. And you might struggle with it as well, where you start hearing somebody's um, point of view. You might see someone's Facebook post. You start getting defensive right away. You start getting frustrated and then start building your case against them and building your case about why they're wrong and you're right. James says that this is key for understanding that if we are going to be reconcilers back to God, And chasing after God's heart, we have to be quick to listen and listen without getting defensive. Listen without leaning in to the negativity, saying, hmm, maybe there is more to the story. Maybe there is something else going on here. And if I would listen, then it would allow me to chase after God's heart for racial reconciliation. This is one of the areas that I messed up in um, and that I have messed up in quite a bit on this journey. As I talked about biblical justice, um, the more you learn about justice and what's going on, the more you're going to mess up. And that shouldn't dissuade you or that shouldn't discourage you. Um, that really is the case for any of what we talk about. The more you engage in material, the more you're going to mess up in that material. But also, the more you're going to do better in that area of life. It's just the way that the world works. And so, um, as I began the journey of this, I wanted to share just the time that I messed up. Uh, It was a couple of years ago, and I had just started the journey of racial reconciliation and biblical justice. And I was excited about it. And I had started during the month of Black History Month. And so, I remember making a post on Facebook where I shared, for this month— I am going to spend the entire month reading and listening and learning um, to uh, different authors about uh, racial justice. Put my phone down. I had young adults. It was great. A couple hours later, I got a text from someone that I respect dearly who shared with me and said, hey, I understand the heart of your post, okay, but shouldn't um, shouldn't black people and people of color uh, deserve more than just one month to be celebrated and to be learned about? And shouldn't this be an everyday thing? Oh, and I was furious. I remember texting back without even thinking, without taking a breath, saying, you don't know my heart, and you don't know the type of work I'm doing, and you don't recognize that this isn't just a one-month thing, and everyone who knows me knows that that's not. And then I put my phone down, and silence. Three, four hours went by, no response. I went back, and I read the message. I was like, wow, I sounded like a jerk. And so I responded. I said, hey, I apologize My defense got up. Would you be willing to talk on the phone and share with me why this was an issue? And 
after that conversation, it was an exceptional conversation. This person was filled with so much grace. But then I started reading books and almost every single book or article I read about racial justice pointed out one thing never to say. Do you know what that thing was? Don't make a post that you are just now spending one month pursuing racial justice and that month happens to be Black History Month. And the reason being is because it can be so offensive and so triggering for people of color to see those situations. And you might think, well, that shouldn't be an issue. It's, it is. It is an issue. And it was every single scholar that I learned from. I was like, wow, I had no idea. But because I was willing to learn and then eventually listen, I was able to grow from that situation. Here I thought something so subtle turned into something so damaging. And I think we do that a lot more than we realize. Last L for the day. I was going to make a joke unless you're a Colts fan, but I figured that was going to be a little too far, you know, because I want the Colts to win today. Anyway, last L for the day is lament. And this word is actually something that I don't think we as Christ followers talk enough about. Um, lamenting is to grieve with someone, to mourn something, to um, experience sorrow, to, uh, you know, be a part of the hurting community. And I think it is so important for us as individuals and as Christ followers, as the church, to lament with hurting communities. Galatians 6, 2 says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Just a couple of weeks ago, I preached an entire message on Galatians chapter 6, walking through this passage. And you see, here's why this is so important for us to lament with people of color and with the hurting community. Uh, you see this actually all throughout scripture. Um, Jesus, as he is going to resurrect Lazarus from the dead, he gets to Mary and Martha and he starts weeping with them. Have you ever asked yourself, like, why is that the case? Why does Jesus weep when he knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead? And here's why. Because lamenting with a grieving and hurting community does not take away from the truth or the fact of what's going to happen or what is happening. It simply means that we care so much about those who are hurting that we're willing to be with them. Even if you disagree, even if you know that there's something else going on here, lamenting with a hurting individual does not take away from the truth that is going to happen or that is going on. In the book of Job, we have this situation where the friends of Job, actually this is Jewish tradition, whenever someone would lose a loved one, they would sit with that person for seven days in complete silence and lament with that individual. And in Job's story, his friends did that, sat with Job, and then the next 20 to 30 chapters are Job's friends and individuals around Job telling Job how mad he messed up and how much he sinned and why things are going on. And rather than listening or learning, they were speaking out of line. And God in chapter 41, I believe, chapter 42, comes out and calls out Job's friends. Said, hey, you did the lament part correctly, but you didn't do the learning and listening part correctly and you were wrong. It caused damage. You see, we must get to a place where we value the pain of others over the pride of self. I'm not saying that you're wrong. 
All I'm saying is there might be more going on to the story. I want to invite the worship team back up here. We're going to play one final song today. Um, This is a tough conversation, but it really is just a conversation that I hope you navigate asking yourself, okay, how can I learn? How can I listen? And how can I lament with people who are different than me? Maybe asking yourself that there's more to the story, that there's more going on here than meets the eye. And so if you're sitting there and you're wondering where to start, if you're wondering for some resources on how to continue this journey beyond just the message today, here's a couple that I would suggest. One is called, it's a book called How to Fight Racism, Courageous Christianity and the Journey Towards Racial Justice by Jamar Tisby. This is an individual and a Christ follower that I respect so dearly. And actually on Right Now Media, which is our free video source and service that we offer here at Crossbridge on our website, there is a ton of Jamar Tisby material on how to give you next steps for pursuing racial reconciliation in a biblical justice manner. And so go onto our website, c3fw.org, and you can get a free subscription for Right Now Media there. The second, if you're not a book reader, um, then there's a movie out called Just Mercy. And it is an incredible, heartbreaking movie that walks through the reality of some of the things that go on um, in our world. And I would highly encourage you to go and watch that. We're going to sing this song to close today. And I wanted to invite the worship team up here to close today because I know that this is a difficult topic to hear and walk through. And even though we just um, hit the ground level of it, um, I wanted to give you a safe place for a couple of minutes before we dismiss today to just kind of breathe and just say, okay, let me reflect back. Let me humble myself or excite myself for what's going on and just say, hey, Maybe there's more going on here. And really just connect with God during this time. The song we are going to sing is a new Christian song called Bridge. And it is all about um, this idea of how we are divided as a community. What does it look like for us to build a bridge and to be standing in unity and oneness together? And even when hate knocks down that bridge, for us and through love to build it back together again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for this message. Thank you for the heart of this message. Thank you, God, for the listeners of this message. I just pray, God, that as we take next steps in oneness, in unity, and chasing after your heart, I pray, God, um, that we would continue to fight the good fight for you. In your name I pray. Amen.